Section 47 of Sermons on Several Occasions, Second Series. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Sermons on Several Occasions, Second Series, by John Wesley. On Pleasing All Men. Let every man please his neighbor for his good to edification. Romans 15.2 Undoubtedly, the duty here prescribed is incumbent on all mankind, at least on every one of those to whom are entrusted the oracles of God. For it is here enjoined to every one, without exception, that names the name of Christ. And the person whom every one is commanded to please is his neighbor, that is, every child of man. Only we are to remember here what the same apostle speaks upon a similar occasion. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. In like manner we are to please all men, if it be possible, as much as lieth in us. But strictly speaking, it is not possible. It is what no man ever did nor ever will perform. But suppose we use our utmost diligence, be the event as it may, we fulfill our duty. We may farther observe in how admirable a manner the apostle limits this direction. Otherwise, were it pursued without any limitation, it might produce the most mischievous consequences. We are directed to please them for their good, not barely for the sake of pleasing them or pleasing ourselves much less of pleasing them to their hurt, which is so frequently done, indeed continually done by those who do not love their neighbor as themselves. Nor is it only their temporal good which we are to aim at in pleasing our neighbor, but what is of infinitely greater consequence, we are to do it for their edification, in such a manner as may conduce to their spiritual and eternal good. We are so to please them that the pleasure may not perish in the using, but may redound to their lasting advantage, may make them wiser and better, holier and happier, both in time and in eternity. Many are the treatises and discourses which have been published on this important subject, but all of them that I have either seen or heard were miserably defective. Hardly one of them proposed the right end one and all had some lower design in pleasing men than to save their souls to build them up in love and holiness of consequence they were not likely to propose the right means for the attainment of that end one celebrated tract of this kind entitled the courtier was published in spain about two hundred years ago and translated into various languages but it has nothing to do with edification and is therefore quite wide of the mark Another treatise, entitled The Refined, Complete Courtier, was published in our own country in the reign of King Charles the Second, and, as it seems, by a retainer to his court. In this there are several very sensible advices concerning our outward behavior, and many little improprieties in word or action are observed, whereby men displease others without intending it. But this author likewise has no view at all to the spiritual or eternal good of his neighbor. Seventy or eighty years ago, another book was printed in London entitled The Art of Pleasing. 
but as it was wrote in a languid manner and contained only common trite observations it was not likely to be of use to men of understanding and still less to men of piety but it may be asked has not the subject been since treated by a writer of a very different character is it not exhausted by one who was himself a consummate master of the art of pleasing and who writing to one he tenderly loved to a favorite son gives him all the advice which his great understanding improved by various learning and the experience of many years and much converse with all sorts of men could suggest i mean the late lord chesterfield the general darling of all the irish as well as the english nation the means of pleasing which this wise and indulgent parent continually and earnestly recommends to his darling child and on which he doubtless formed both his tempers and outward conduct till death untimely stopped his tuneful tongue were first making love in the grossest sense to all the married women whom he conveniently could single women he advises him to refrain from for fear of disagreeable consequences secondly constant and careful dissimulation always wearing a mask trusting no man upon earth so as to let him know his real thoughts but perpetually seeming to mean what he did not mean and seeming to be what he was not thirdly well devised lying to all sorts of people speaking what was farthest from his heart and in particular flattering men women and children as the infallible way of pleasing them it needs no great art to show that this is not the way to please our neighbor for his good or to edification i shall endeavor to show that there is a better way of doing it and indeed a very diametrically opposed to this it consists one in removing hindrances out of the way and two in using the means that directly tend to this end one i advise that all who desire to please their neighbor for his good to edification first to remove all hindrances out of the way or in other words to avoid everything which tends to displease wise and good men men of sound understanding and real piety now cruelty malice envy hatred and revenge are displeasing to all good men to all who are endued with a sound understanding and genuine piety there is likewise another temper related to these only in a lower kind and which is usually found in common life wherewith men in general are not pleased we commonly call it ill nature with all possible care avoid all these nay and whatever bears any resemblance to them as sourness sternness sullenness on the one hand peevishness and fretfulness on the other if ever you hope to please your neighbor for his good to edification next to cruelty malice and similar tempers with words and actions that naturally spring therefrom nothing is more disgusting not only to persons of sense and religion but even to the generality of men than pride haughtiness of spirit and its genuine fruit an assuming arrogant overbearing behavior even uncommon learning joined with shining talents will not make amends for this but a man of eminent endowments if he be eminently haughty will be despised by many and disliked by all of this the famous master of trinity college in cambridge was a remarkable instance 
how few persons of his time had a stronger understanding or deeper learning than dr bentley and yet how few were less beloved unless one who was little if at all inferior to him in sense or learning and equally distant from humility the author of the divine legation of moses whoever therefore desires to please his neighbor for his good must take care of splitting upon this rock otherwise the same pride which impels him to seek the esteem of his neighbor will infallibly hinder his attaining it almost as disgustful to the generality of men as haughtiness itself is a passionate temper and behavior men of a tender disposition are afraid even to converse with persons of this spirit and others are not fond of their acquaintance as frequently perhaps when they expected nothing less meeting with shocks which if they bear for the present yet they do not willingly put themselves in the way of meeting with again hence passionate men have seldom many friends at least not for any length of time crowds indeed may attend them for a season especially when it may promote their interest but they are usually disgusted one after another and fall off like leaves in autumn if therefore you desire lastingly to please your neighbor for his good by all possible means avoid violent passion yea and if you desire to please even on this account take the advice of the apostle put away all lying it is the remark of an ingenious author that of all vices lying never yet found an apologist any that would openly plead in its favor whatever his private sentiments might be but it should be remembered mr addison went to a better world before lord chesterfield's letters were published perhaps his apology for it was the best that ever was or can be made for so bad a cause but after all the labor he has bestowed thereon it has only semblance of worth not substance it has no solidity in it it is nothing better than a shining phantom and as lying can never be commendable or innocent so neither can it be pleasing at least when it is stripped of its disguise and appears in its own shape consequently it ought to be carefully avoided by all those who wish to please their neighbors for his good to edification but is not flattery a man may say one species of lying and has not this been allowed in all ages to be the sure means of pleasing has not that observation been confirmed by numerous experiments obsequium amicos veritas odium parat flattery creates friends plain-dealing enemies has not a late witty prominent writer in his sentimental journal related some striking instances of this i answer it is true flattery is pleasing for a while and not only to weak minds as the desire of praise whether deserved or undeserved is planted in every child of man but it is pleasing only for a while as soon as the mask drops off as soon as it appears that the speaker meant nothing by his soft words we are pleased no longer every man's own experience teaches him this and we all know that if a man continues to flatter after his insincerity is discovered it is disgustful not agreeable therefore even this fashionable species of lying is to be avoided 
by all that are desirous of pleasing their neighbor to his lasting advantage nay whoever desires to do this must remember that not only lying in every species of it but even dissimulation which is not the same with flattery though nearly related to it is displeasing to men of understanding though they have not religion terence represents even an old heathen when it was imputed to him as answering with indignation simulare non est meum dissimulation is no part of my character guile subtlety cunning the whole art of deceiving by whatever terms it is expressed is not accounted an accomplishment by wise men but is indeed an abomination to them and even those who practice it most who are the greatest artificers of fraud are not pleased with it in other men neither are fond of conversing with those that practice it on themselves yea the greatest deceivers are greatly displeased at those that play their own arts back upon them two now if cruelty malice envy hatred revenge ill-nature if pride and haughtiness if irrational anger if lying and dissimulation together with guile subtlety and cunning are all and every one displeasing to all men especially to wise and good men we may easily gather from hence what is the sure way to please them for their good to edification only we are to remember that there are those in every time and place whom we must not expect to please we must not therefore be surprised when we meet with men who are not to be pleased anyway it is now as it was of old when our lord himself complained whereunto shall i liken the men of this generation they are like unto children sitting in the market-place and saying to each other we have piped unto you but ye have not danced we have mourned unto you but ye have not wept but leaving these forward ones to themselves we may reasonably hope to please others by a careful and steady observation of a few directions following first let love not visit you as a transient guest but be the constant ruling temper of your soul see that your heart be filled at all times and all occasions with real undissembled benevolence not to those only that love you but to every soul of man let it pant in your heart let it sparkle in your eyes let it shine on all your actions whenever you open your lips let it be with love and let there be in your tongue the law of kindness your word will then distill as the rain and as the dew upon the tender herb be not straitened or limited in your affection but let it embrace every child of man every one that is born of a woman has a claim to your good will you owe this not to some but to all and let all men know that you desire both their temporal and eternal happiness as sincerely as you do your own secondly if you would please your neighbor for his good study to be lowly in heart be little and vile in your own eyes in honor preferring others before yourself be deeply sensible of your own weaknesses follies and imperfections as well as the sin remaining in your heart and cleaving to all your words and actions and let this spirit appear in all you speak or do be clothed with humility 
reject with horror that favorite maxim of the old heathen sprung from the bottomless pit tanti eres alis quanti tibi thueris. the more you value yourself the more others will value you not so on the contrary both god and man resist the proud and as god giveth grace to the humble so humility not pride recommends us to the esteem and favor of men especially those that fear god if you desire to please your neighbor for his good to edification you should thirdly labor and pray that you may be meek as well as lowly in heart labor to be of a calm dispassionate temper gentle towards all men and let the gentleness of your disposition appear in the whole tenor of your conversation let all your words and all your actions be regulated thereby remember likewise that advice of st peter as an addition to your gentleness be merciful be courteous be pitiful be tenderly compassionate to all that are in distress to all that are under any affliction of mind body or state let the various scenes of human woe excite your softest sympathy weep with them that weep if you can do no more at least mix your tears with theirs and give them healing words such as may calm their minds and mitigate their sorrows but if you can if you are able to give them actual assistance let it not be wanting be as eyes to the blind as feet to the lame a husband to the widow and a father to the fatherless this will greatly tend to conciliate the affection and to give a profitable pleasure not only to those who are immediate objects of your compassion but to others likewise that see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven and while you are pitiful to the afflicted see that you are courteous toward all men it matters not in this respect whether they are high or low rich or poor superior or inferior to you no nor even whether good or bad whether they fear god or not indeed the mode of showing your courtesy may vary as christian prudence will direct but the thing itself is due to all the lowest and worst have a claim to our courtesy but what is courtesy it may either be inward or outward either a temper or a mode of behavior such a mode of behavior as naturally springs from courtesy of heart is this the same with good breeding or politeness which seems to be only a high degree of good breeding nay good breeding is chiefly the fruit of education but education cannot give courtesy of heart mr addison's well-known definition of politeness seems rather to be a definition of this a constant desire of pleasing all men appearing through the whole conversation now this may subsist even in a high degree where there has been no advantage of education i have seen as real courtesy in an irish cabin as could be found in st james or the louvre shall we endeavor to go a little deeper to search into the foundation of this matter what is the source of that desire to please which we term courtesy let us look attentively into our heart and we shall soon find the answer the same apostle that teaches us to be courteous teaches us to honor all men and his master teaches me to love all men join these together and what will be the effect 
a poor wretch cries to me for an alms i look and see him covered with dirt and rags but through these i see one that has an immortal spirit made to know and love and dwell with god to eternity i honor him for his creator's sake lo i see through all these rags that he is purpled over with the blood of christ i love him for the sake of his redeemer the courtesy therefore which i feel and show toward him is a mixture of the honor and love which i bear to the offspring of god the purchase of his son's blood and the candidate for immortality this courtesy let us feel and show toward all men and we shall please all men to their edification once more take all proper opportunities of declaring to others the affection which you really feel for them this may be done with such an air and in such a manner as is not liable to the imputation of flattery and experience shows that honest men are pleased by this full as much as knaves are by flattery those who are persuaded that your expressions of good will toward them are the language of your heart will be as well satisfied with them as with the highest encomiums which you could pass upon them you may judge them by yourselves by what you feel in your own breast you like to be honored but had you not rather be beloved permit me to add one advice more if you would please all men for their good at all events speak to all men the very truth from your heart when you speak open the window of your breast let the words be the very picture of your heart in all company and on all occasions be a man of veracity nay be not content with bare veracity but in simplicity and godly sincerity have all your conversation in the world as an israelite indeed in whom there is no guile to sum up all in one word if you would please men please god let truth and love possess your whole soul let them be the springs of all your affections passions tempers the rule of all your thoughts let them inspire all your discourse continually seasoned with that salt and meat to minister grace to the hearers let all your actions be wrought in love never let mercy or truth forsake thee bind them about thy neck let them be open and conspicuous to all and write them on the table of thy heart so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of god and man End of section 47